You're tuning in to the FYI podcast, where we talk about all things faith, life, adulting, relationships, finances. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Mikey Keneally. And we're your hosts. So thank you so much for listening, for watching on YouTube, for leaving us uh, a comment, but also a rating, a review, and for sharing this content with your friends. Yeah. And today we have an amazing question. And this is the question. Taylor sent us an email at fyi-podcast.com, which you can do as well. We unpack every episode as one question. And Taylor, thanks for emailing us. We got it. And here's what she asked. She said, how do I set appropriate expectations in my friendships, Mm -hmm. in dating or marriage, and of God? Excellent question. And many young adults are probably asking that. So if you're asking that, Hopefully you can lean in and we can kind of unpack some of those elements for you and encourage you where you're at because there's nothing more discouraging is being somewhere you want to be, but you have not yet arrived, quote unquote. And let's just kick it right off the bat right this. You're never going to arrive. Doesn't that just kind of take some pressure off? You're never going to arrive. When we arrive is when we see Jesus in heaven face to face. That's when we've, that's one of our arrivals, right? Um, so I just want to encourage you with that right off the bat, because sometimes I think women, maybe men are guilty of this. I think more women have expressed this, at least verbally, is saying like, I am so discouraged or I'm frustrated that I'm not in a relationship. I'm not dating. I'm not engaged. Is God punishing me? So all these layered questions come of when I arrive, um, that means I'm married. When I have my first kid, then I arrive again. These arrival questions, quote unquote, that maybe the church or your group is asking or your family's asking, they never stop because the moment you get married, it could be your wedding day. And you're just like, I'm just trying to enjoy that. I'm going to marry my best friend. The first question you get at your dessert reception or at the dance or whatever you're going to do, when are you guys going to have kids? Holy cow. Like we're not even done with this day yet. Can we just enjoy this moment? So to kind of take some of that pressure off, we're none of us are ever going to arrive. That's good. And we are all seen um, in God's eyes as equal at the foot of the cross. And God's timing is perfect in the process of us discovering what we are to do next with the season coming up or with the season that we're in. So stewarding wherever you're at is, I think, where we can start, right? So good. And um, Taylor mentioned in her question, too, that like for her and some of her girlfriends, it seemed to be a common theme of how they were all experiencing in some way or another some disappointment because they had set high expectations. So I think this question is like, is it better to set no expectations because then there's no disappointment? Because that doesn't seem like it's the right answer. So we're wrestling with it because do we set high expectations and then be frustrated because we feel let down? No expectations because then we're never disappointed. And so we're going to talk about this. We're going to break it down like this. We're going to spend a few minutes talking about expectations for friendships expectations in dating or marriage, romantic relationships. And then the third category is expectations of God. And I remember I had a professor at North Central University. His name was Dr. Watson. And he started every class like this. He would say, people will fail you. Organizations will guard their territory, but God is faithful. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you think of an entire semester and some of us, like I took at least two different classes. So that's a year, a whole school year with Dr. Watson, every morning starting class, people will fail you. 
organizations will guard their territory. God is faithful. But then you get a few years into your career, at least I did. And it's like, this person got fired or this job transition happened in my own life. Or, um, man, I was hurt or they were hurt or I hurt somebody without meaning to or, or all of these things. And it's like, oh, yeah, what Dr. Watson said is so true that people will fail us and we'll fail other people too. Mm -hmm. Organizations will guard their territory. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, but I thought I could count on that paycheck or that benefit or that job, or I got passed over for that promotion or a decision was made for me without me and my future represented in the room. And it's all part of organizations guard their territory. Here's what we know Mm -hmm. through the word of God. It says in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All of God's promises find their yes and amen in him. And so one other thing, can we talk about the frustration gap? Yeah. You you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's been said in psychology, I believe that there is a frustration gap in relationships and in our experiences in life. And it can result in one of two ways. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about on a bar graph expectations and reality. Yeah. So I'm holding up my hands. If you're watching on YouTube, if not, I'll try to articulate my words. Well, if you're listening, the frustration gap kind of breaks down like this, the distance between our expectation and reality. And if our expectation is higher than reality, it's a letdown. So we're going to experience that disappointment or that frustration. Mm -hmm. But if our expectation is lower than the reality, meaning reality, it actually turned out better than we thought, than we asked, dreamed, or imagined. Mm -hmm. That's where joy So the frustration gap can be in a friendship. It could be in a business. It could be in our experiences where, wow, that was better than I expected. You think if you go to a concert, right? And it's like, oh, they're better alive than on Spotify. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm filled with joy. That was better than I expected or a movie. Like, oh my gosh, people said it was horrible and that was incredible. So like we had low expectations and then it exceeded our expectations. So that's delight. And then disappointment sometimes is like, oh man, that was all hype. And that was a horrible concert or I didn't enjoy that movie. And I'm not a critic or or critical, but that just wasn't what I expected. So I'm frustrated. Yeah. Well, I think just thinking right off the bat, I'm thinking, two words came to mind that we talked a lot about in this question is expectation. And I think sometimes when it comes to the dating world or the relationship world, there's a difference in my opinion, and I don't know the dictionary definition, but I think of like expectation is different than our standards, right? Those are two different words. That's a good distinction. So expectations are, oh, I expect um, that I'm going to be married by 30. I'm going to have three kids. I'm going to be done with my schooling. And maybe we have a little bit of control over some of those expectations. Okay. A standard, what are my standards? Standards are things that I'm probably going to live by, that I'm going to look for, that I'm not going to lower that bar of standards just to get what I want. I hear you saying things that you value, things that are almost yes. non-negotiable. Yeah. So a standard would be like, okay, what I have in control, my expectations and standards are, okay, I'm probably going to go to a four-year school and I want to be financially sound. That's, you know, a standard. I want my future spouse hopefully to understand finances, right? Okay. 
standards are, wow, God's really put it in my heart to adopt or to foster or to have children. God willing, if I can, Lord, this is my future spouse. Do they even want, who I'm interested in, do they even want children? Are they on their radar or are they an absolute no children, no desire for them at all? Okay, standards of pure and holy living. What standards am I holding myself to? And what am I holding my person I'm interested to or my future spouse that may not even know yet? So there's this gap, I think, even between the definition of expectations and standards. And I think expectations we place on something or somebody else. I expect Josiah to, I don't know, do the dishes. Um, standards of our house may be like, wow, we want to have a very clean house. So when people come over, our house is ready to host whatever. So I think even just expectations we project mm -hmm. onto others and we want them to fulfill or be something for us, right? Standards, I think, are what what we apply to our sta ourselves, standards of, of living, our values, our boundaries, our all those different things. Does that make sense? Is that you tracking? 100%. I'm tracking. Okay. So I think just even establishing the difference between those when we dive into this question is are you placing expectations on something or someone, whether it's God or people or family, friends around you, or are you truly living to the standards and ways of whether it's the Bible, morals, expectations? Like if I want to marry somebody who is pure and holy of heart and has no past of dating, am I willing to be in the dating pool myself? And if so, I can't look at my future. If I'm messing around and I'm, you know, playing and around with all these different hearts and people, that standard that I'm placing on myself, am I living that out or am I secretly living? So even just establishing that I think is essential. Um, so when we dive into this, try to sift through some of your expectations versus standards as we do this. And I'm not saying that I'm explaining this perfectly, but in my mind, it makes sense. It does. And I think, I think we're tracking with you. And what I'd love to do is um, kind of break down three reasons for disappointment mm -hmm. and discouragement in whether it's friendship. I think it also applies to dating or even our prayer life or with God. Right. And it, it has to do with our expectations. There's three types of frustrations or disappointments when it comes to expectations. The first is unmet expectations. Mm -hmm. Unmet expectations would be um, the second type would be unarticulated expectations. And then the third type is unrealistic expectations. So one more time, going to talk for just a minute about unmet expectations. The third are unarticulated expectations. The third category would be unrealistic expectations. Unmet expectations is you're already disappointed because it didn't happen. Right. You had an expectation of someone maybe to be asked out on a date and, and they're dating someone else. So your expectation is unmet. The second type is you're in a friendship or relationship or with God. You haven't prayed about it. Mm -hmm. You haven't shared your expectation with somebody else. And Verbally. they are not a mind reader. Right. And, and the reason it's unmet is because it's actually unarticulated. Mm -hmm. And then the last category is unrealistic. Like we can't expect people to be mind readers. We can't expect people to be perfect because right off the top, people will fail you organizations will mm -hmm. guard their territory. God is faithful. Right. 
Right. I think that's so good. And in that, we can even just look at right here. Should we go to friendships? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about friendships for a little bit. Yeah. Let's talk about friendships. So friendships, when it comes to expectations that we place on our friendships are simply, are you willing to be the friend that you expect others to be to you? That's the question I'd ask right away. Maybe you're like, I'm always initiating. Well, maybe God has designed you to be the initiator. And sometimes when that's not reciprocated or people aren't reaching out to you, that can feel exhausting, right? So even just knowing how you're wired, are you the person that gets the party together? Or are you the person that crashes the party? You know what I mean? Like, um, and just enjoying like that element of friendship. So there's generally somebody who's the initiator in friendships. We have the followers, we have our close friends, we have all those different layers of friendships. But I think when we talk about expectations and friendships, evaluating what am I looking to get out of this friendship? Um, how am I being a friend to them? And asking good questions within friendships is huge. Am I doing life with them? Are we texting? Are we in the classroom? Do I live with them? Do they live across town? Like what is the element of intentionality when it comes to friendships? And because we're not mind readers, because we can't control the other person, we need to be in community with them. So Josiah, when it comes to friendships and just those dynamics of unmet expectations, has there been ever a time where you feel like maybe you've placed expectations on a friendship and been disappointed? For sure. If so, like how do we want to unpack yeah. that friendship element? For sure. I think that I've heard it said like this, that, um, if friendship only goes one way, it's always me initiating. It's always me pouring out. I think of a few times where anytime I got together with this individual, it was always me listening. It was always them talking or even venting. And that's really more like counseling or more like ministry. Right. If, if a friendship is only going one way, that's really us only pouring out and us really only ministering. Mm -hmm. And so for a friendship to really be a healthy friendship, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. There's both initiation and there's reciprocation. And that's not too high of an expectation. A friend is there for you to celebrate when it's good, mm -hmm. to cry with you or mourn with you when it's rough. And they're there on the victory days and they're there on the, the horrible days too. And you're there vice versa, mm -hmm. right? right? I've always said with godly community, it's the people who help you move and move forward in life. Because when you rent a U-Haul, it's a true test sometimes mm -hmm. of a friendship is like, are they going to show up for me? But at the same time, are they going to help me get closer to God and be that kind of friend who's filled with faith that's spurring me on. And I think the other thing with expectation, it's actually okay to have high expectations of others, yeah. but let's not hold people to a higher standard than we're willing to set for ourselves. Right. So let's not put people on a pedestal mm -hmm. and let's not ask people to do things that we're not willing to do ourselves. And similarly, Micah, one of your passion points is dating or relationships. What would you say are healthy expectations that we can set as standards? And what, what maybe would be like, you know what, you've got maybe some of those unrealistic expectations. Wow. I think expectations, if you're listening to this, you're truly calling yourself a Christ follower and you're believing in marriage someday or in, in, in a good and godly relationship, whether it's um, right now you're currently in or you're still hoping and praying for, I would say the expectations that you place on them, like Josiah just said, you already, you need to place on yourself. 
So if you expect them to read their Bible daily, you better be reading your Bible daily. If you want them to be a part of a church, then you better be a part of a church. If you want them to have staying out of bed, then you stay out of bed or get out of bed. Um, if you want them to not be addicted to pornography, and then you better not be addicted to pornography. If you don't want them lusting and looking at other men or women, then you better not be doing that. Right. We, so we reap what we sow. Right. So I think working through our singleness issues, um, our brokenness, our temptations, whatever you want to say there, when we start living for the Lord and we start hoping and praying for what God has, we need to know that we're in right standing with God first and foremost. And I think it's okay to pray for all those things and have those desires um, for that future spouse, but also for us. But in the day and age in which we live, unfortunately, this stat was from 2017, um, a Christian study that was done, 87% of Christians, quote unquote, are already in sexual relations with each other while they're dating. They're not married yet. So that means supposedly of the study, 13% are staying out of the bedroom and not in in pure relationships or maybe aren't even in a current relationship. So if you expect your future spouse to make the decisions that maybe you're currently making in the day and age, I'm not saying you have to be mindful that all of us have a story, right? And that future spouse might have a story that they're not proud of because they didn't know Jesus in some of those decisions that they made. So we need to start forgiving ourselves of things that we need to work through personally and forgive maybe some of our future spouse's stories. Mm -hmm. I pointed Josiah as my spouse. So Sorry if this looks like I'm I'm not accusing him or telling our story by any means. So just even breaking down some of those expectations and standards. And I would say this, I was, it's okay to be praying particular things for your future spouse and putting those expect and putting those prayers at the foot of the cross and back in God's hands. And I would say this, I had very simple prayers for my future spouse. And some of those were like, Lord. I love animals, but just in other people's homes, that's fine. I pray that my spouse never wants a house full of dogs and pets. Okay, maybe you're somewhere like, my God. Okay, that's okay. Josiah and I don't want pets and it's okay. We don't know if our daughters want them, but that's okay too. So just like praying even simple things like, Lord, I just don't, I just don't think that we, I pray that he travels and he loves to travel. I pray that he loves the beach. I pray that he loves the Lord first and foremost. And I think we've talked about in our past thing, standards and expectations can, I think, can definitely go on this. This is the hand five. Mm -hmm. Are they following Christ? Are they fruitful? Thumbs up. Yes or no. We start there. Direction. Where are they going in their life, right? Compass. That compass. Where are they going and are they going to the heart of Christ? Uh, three, are they good communicators? And if not, I need to be a better communicator. That's anything from sharing my expectations through words. Yeah. That is me um, letting my requests and my prayers be known with the Lord. That is asking good questions. And um, so that's co committee, uh, what is it? Communicating. And then the fourth one, it's hard to do this. Commitment is this one right here. Um, are they committed to the Lord first and foremost? And are they going to be committed to me? Because if they're playing with the hearts of four or five other individuals it's while options. they're pursuing me as yeah. options because they want whatever choices they want, it's not a buffet, people. When you choose that person you're choosing to love for the rest of your life, you're choosing them on the side of eternity until God separates you, okay? So are they committed? And then the third one, or the fifth one, sorry, 
um, is chemistry. Are you attracted to them? Are they attractive? Because if they have Christ-like qualities, they're probably going to be attractive to you. Like everything is connected to that thumb and which represents Christ. So when we look at that hand of standards and expectations, here's the filter of those thoughts that I personally would encourage you to go through. And if the thumbs up is already a no, you don't go down that road with them. Let them go. But they're a good and godly guy or they're a good guy. I'm like, I don't care. A good guy does not equal a godly guy. And even a good Christian doesn't always equal a godly man. So it's his character that's going to come out of those five and unfold as time goes on. So I would say don't lower your standards of what you're looking for, what you're praying for. Ask God to start protecting, providing, and directing that other person. And God will bring them together in his perfect time. Um, and sometimes never, actually, it's never our timing. It's always God's timing. So trust and don't settle along the way for a lower standard of living and God's will for you just because it's your plan B when God's called you to live out plan A. You could be one knock away in prayer of that breakthrough, but you've settled on that side of the door and you won't get to experience that. Mm -hmm. So that's a hard pill to swallow maybe for some of you, but I want to pray that God does soften your heart in the process of this concept, I guess, of dating relationships and expectations. Yeah. And on young adults that today, that's our other podcasts and everything, but we have a YouTube channel, Young Adults Today. There's a message from the 2022 Young Adults Today conference mm -hmm. from Dr. Alan Tennyson. Yeah. And he breaks down praying and, and prayer. And, and he talks about the Lord's prayer for an entire message. And he breaks it down like our father. And if we pray prayers that only benefit us, mm -hmm. it actually goes against God's word and his design because if we pray actually against our fellow man or in our church or our community, it's, it doesn't say my father. It says our father. If, if it's not bringing honor and glory, or if it goes against some of the natural consequences of the way that God's designed the world, Dr. Tennyson used the example of an airplane that a Christian musician got in with like eight people, but it was only a four passenger plane and the plane crashed. And people were like, how could a, a loving God allow something like this to happen? Well, they actually went against the scientific limitations of the way that God's designed the universe with weight and thrust and gravity. And they took more people and they broke the rules and they broke the law. And so if we are outside of God's word and mm -hmm. outside of the law. Eight people in a four passenger airplane is too much weight. And so therefore it went down and it's a tragedy, yeah. but had they not had so many people with weight, it wouldn't have probably ended up that way most likely. And so sometimes our prayers though, go against God's word mm -hmm. or go against the Lord's prayer. And so I'm reminded of that of for our expectations of God, are we praying because mm -hmm. Jesus teaches that we can ask whatever we want in God's name, right? aligning with his will and we'll receive it. But that doesn't just mean blab it and grab it. Right. It doesn't just mean name it and claim it. Mm -hmm. What it means is when we pray mm -hmm. things that are in God's presence, in his will, in his timing, surrendering it to him in his word, yeah. he's going to offer that to us. He's right. going to answer that prayer. And 
you get to be a certain age and Mike and I go, wow. I go, babe, aren't you grateful for some of the prayers God didn't answer? Yes. 100%. And instead he said no or not now. And so mm-hmm. I'm reminded of Ken Coleman quote. Mm-hmm. I asked Ken one time, what's the best advice you've ever been given? And he goes, my dad, he goes, I was small. And I was playing soccer, couldn't make the team. And he goes, hey, your time's going to come. And the missing ingredient a lot of times in our culture, in our world today, Mm -hmm. and especially as it comes to expectations, is patience. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes the missing element is time. And sometimes we just need to be patient with ourselves. We need to be patient with our friends. We need to be patient with our significant other or our spouse, or we need to be patient with God. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage somebody who's listening and it's like, well, God hasn't met any of my expectations. And I, I will just share a personal story. My The expectations I had for my life before I was 30, I remember I, in my heart, I had a list and I threw it in God's face one day. And I was just like, Lord, this is, you haven't answered. Boom, 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 boom. And I went down the entire list of things where I felt like God was falling short on my time. He let you down, you felt. Yeah, I feel like he let me down. I felt discouraged. I was frustrated. I was actually mad at him. And I felt like this this prompting on my my heart. And I felt like the the words kept coming to my mind of, I didn't agree to your expectations. Those weren't my expectations. Those were yours that you placed on me. And I, and, and that was, I, that was God, I think, calling me out and up in a sense of, okay, yeah, you're right. I wasn't asking that in your name. I was asking that in my name. I want a husband. When? Yesterday. I want kids. Well, before I'm 30. Oh, well, um, you're going back to school. I'm done with school. Like when we're wrestling with God and we're coming to him with our to-do list, if you're married, um, there's just, there's this joke, at least in our family, it's the honey-do list. Honey, do this, honey, do that. And then you put that on the fridge for your spouse to do the honey, do list. And I think that's honestly what I did with God. I gave him my to-do list. Okay, Lord, by the time I'm 30, I want you to do all these things. And I think sometimes we place those expectations on others in person or even on God. And, and it might not be a verbal request, but it's a demand, right? We demand this to be answered by this time. And that might not be a part of God's plan, his story. There's something in you that he's still trying to work out, weed out, um, and make you a better person for that future spouse. Because we know God's timing is truly perfect when we wait and call upon the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel frustrated, annoyed, angry, um, let down, to know that God, God wants you to surrender those feelings to and towards him. And maybe it's somebody in your life that you need to go to your spouse, the person that you're dating and say, like, I've been placing unmet expectations on you that I've never verbalized. And um, you keep falling short in my book, but you don't even know where you're falling short. And it creates this frustration or it can create frustration between us and our friendships and our relationships. So even just saying, you know what? I've been very hard on you. Or maybe you're one that's hard on yourself. And you're looking back before you knew Jesus, or maybe you do have a relationship with Jesus and you've been making ungodly choices in this world and in this realm. Maybe you're not in the best friend group right now. You don't have very good um, viewpoints of yourself and who and God, how God has made and wired and created you. Or maybe you're even frustrated with God still and you feel like you keep falling short with him. Guess what? 
when it comes to God, you are enough where you're at because there's nothing that you could do that's going to make God love you more. And there's nothing that you could do to make God love you less. So if you find yourself maybe maybe not on one end of this conversation, but maybe on the other end where you can't get through the guilt, the shame, and the standards that you placed on yourself and you feel like you have messed up, screwed up, gone so far, you can't go back. Guess what? God can redeem. He can restore. He can rejuvenate. He can revitalize your story. Yeah. He just has to be the one that's working on your heart. And maybe you're in a season of singleness because um, you need to be and you need to heal. Maybe you need to start praying for friendships that God's going to bring some good and godly men around you. And I just want to encourage the women and the men who walk into every single room thinking that they're going to find their future spouse or is, is she here? Is she here? Is she here? Is he here? Is he here? I would encourage you to pray this prayer because I had that mindset for a season. Is he here? Where's he at? Where's he at? God, is he the one? Is he the one? Okay. That's exhausting to the person thinking those thoughts. And it's putting expectations on people in the room that I haven't even met yet. And I don't even know their name or didn't know their name, I should say. And I want to encourage you, Lord, help me to start seeing men, how you see them and how you love them. And I'm going to pray that over my sisters too. I pray that over my, Lord, help me to love the women around me as sisters in Christ and not as competition to be competed with or not to complain with. Or not to maybe compromise, you know, who God's created me to be in the process of discovering. So I just want to encourage you, if you find yourself frustrated, God knows you're frustrated. You just need to surrender whatever you're feeling to him and ask that he would come in and revitalize that. And also give you eyes for godly men and godly women around you that could be like future friends or maybe people to mentor you. Um yeah, I just want to end with that. I know it's kind of a heavy thing to end on, but it also to encourage you that he will provide those things if you're willing to surrender and look to God first and foremost to fulfill you and all those elements of your disappointment. So you got something to say? Amen. Yeah. And taking copious notes. No, that. here's what I'm just reminded of is because of the gospel in Christ, I'm doing better than I deserve. Yeah. we're doing better than we deserve because when you look at what we actually deserve the wages of sin it equals death mm -hmm. but the gift of god in other words god gave us what we never deserved so we're therefore doing better than i than we deserve because we have breath in our lungs we have right. eternal life in eternity past eternity present this moment going into eternity future and we're doing better than we deserve right. and i think a lot of times what frustration towards God communicates is entitlement. Mm, it communicates, good. I deserve. Yeah. God, I deserve this. I deserve better. I deserve friends. I deserve a spouse. I deserve a job. I deserve a house. I deserve this kind of car. I only deserve the finest and the best. When it actually, we want to be really careful about entitlement. Mm -hmm. Because that kind of flies in the face of the gospel, which says we're doing better than we deserve. Right. Because of Christ, we get eternity with God. We're doing yeah. better than we deserve, you yeah. guys. Yeah. And and so if you are wrestling with God of like, man, I thought I deserved this. Pause, because the cure for entitlement 
is contentment and contentment is rooted in gratitude saying thank you god that i'm doing better than i deserve thank you god that i have breath in my lungs thank you god that i woke up this morning thank you god that i have your word which is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path that i have a hope that i have a future that i have a destiny that you're going to unlock doors for me that you're going to open doors for me that i can never open for myself that you're the way maker and so god i'm just i'm going to be a day maker because you're the way maker and hold on. And all of a sudden the mindset of I deserve, I deserve, I deserve, I'm entitled is I'm thankful. Right. I'm doing better than I deserve. I'm grateful. I'm filled with gratitude. I'm just pausing to let you know, God, that I'm doing better than I deserve. And so I just want to talk to somebody who's frustrated towards God to pause and be thankful mm, that's good. to pause and let gratitude fill your heart because you're doing better than you deserve. And the reason I know that is you and I are like, and I'm doing better than I deserve. Jesus does with the gospel for us, what we can never do for ourselves. And we are doing better than we deserve you guys. So until next time, we want you to look to the maker of the hills for your help. You're doing better than you think you are. Your time's coming. God's with you. Be patient. Be kind to yourself. Be filled with maybe just some grace for yourself and others today. Go with blessing. Love you guys.